So uh, we are rolling. We are here on Unsigned Five One Eight on whatever number episode this ends up being. I don't, I don't, I don't uh, number them while I record them anymore because mm-hmm. it got confusing. So, but anyway, I am here with Katie Gallagher. Katie, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thanks for thanks for coming out and doing oh, yeah. this. With Thank me. you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so I was saying before we got rolling that basically we want to kind of introduce uh, anybody who doesn't know you, mm-hmm. which pff, who doesn't. You know? <laughs> But uh, we want to kind of kind of tell the story, but in a way that you want to tell it. Like there's going to be no format, there's going to be no uh, boundaries, no. You can talk about whatever you want, but I do kind of want to lead us up to where you are now in the five and eight music scene, sure. and kind of kind of how it got there. Yeah, so. sure. So I moved to Albany in 2012 to attend SUNY Albany, and I was going for psychology and biology, nothing music related. (laughs) In a semester, and I realized that was not what I wanted to do, so I switched bio to music. I met actually Alec Lewis, who was on the show. We we met in a musical. We decided to start the band Honey Slider. We started that. I was actually working at McGeary's Pub down in downtown Albany, and they had an open mic night every Wednesday. I was the Wednesday night server, and I kind of let it slip that I play guitar, and Mother Judge was like, all right, you're not going to work for the next five minutes. You're going to go play one song on the open mic. And it was terrifying. But that was my first time performing live in Albany. And so that would have been how long? That would have been in 2014, I believe. So a few years after moving here for school. Um, And from there, that was the first place that Honey Slider had our first show. So really, Tess over at McGarry's has been a really big help into getting me acclimated into this music scene. Um, From there on out, I just went to as many live shows as I could. And I met as many musicians, as many venue owners, and just kind of kept pitching my myself until I got in with all these places. That's what so, you have to do. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. And so the most recent kind of iteration of how I'm performing live is generally by myself as just Katie Gallagher. And when our schedules make it a possibility, I have Katie and the Gallaghers, which is my right. band with um, Ben Whittle, Dan DeCobb and Josh Morris. So that was 2014, the first time you did an open mic. And yes. then how long did it take before you were writing? Because you hadn't done anything before then, like as far as like, I mean, most people were like, yeah, I played like you mm-hmm. probably played. But had you written any songs before then and just weren't? out there with them? Yes. Yeah. So in high school, very, very casually, I had a few quote unquote bands okay. um, and I would play just in little venues. I grew up in Herkimer, New York. So a few local venues, including like our high school cafeteria. That was the extent of to what I played in high school. Um, but I wrote a few songs back then that I honestly couldn't even remember if I tried now. <laughs> I ended up taking a song songwriters and songwriting course at SUNY Albany. And that was what really sparked writing songs that I felt confident enough to perform live. And from there on out, I put a lot of time into songwriting. I focused more in on songwriters that I liked, not just listening to music because I like the music. It was more what do I like about the stories these musicians and are the telling. Craft of yes. how it's yep. I get that. Exactly. And so that kind of honed my focus in on wanting to be a songwriter instead of strictly a musician who's performing other people's music. I've talked about it a lot that performing other people's music is is such a gateway, Mm -hmm. but it's also one of those things that sometimes people frown upon. Like once they get past that point or if they are lucky enough or talented Mm -hmm. enough to have never had to go through, you know, because I mean, I know some people, you know, that right out of the gate are like, 
Yeah, I picked up the guitar a couple of weeks ago, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm seven years old, and I just wrote my first song. You know, oh but, gosh, yeah. But I think like the playing other people's songs is such an important part in developing mm-hmm. your own. You know, because you're pulling little things, you find yes. the little things that other people do, little teeny tricks, mm-hmm. and when you put it all together, that's what makes something your own. Like there's yes. only so much you can do with music, right? And it, but it's the combination that gets the that gets. So I love that. Yeah. I love hearing that. People talk about playing cover songs and learning as an endearing experience, mm-hmm. leading leading them up. And yeah, not, you know. absolutely. And I really don't think I will ever get tired of playing other people's music. I like the combination of my own, and you're never going to run out of songs to learn. So it's yeah. kind of wonderful yeah. in that and, way. And we, you know, I'm in, in a band, and you know, mm-hmm. we always try to incorporate a cover song or two. We were a cover band mm-hmm. until like a year ago right? And when we made the transition. And even when we made the transition, we're kind of like, well, let's keep like one or two, you know, one or two, like yeah. in, a, in an hour long set, you know, we'll keep, keep a couple of cover songs because they're fun. They're exactly. fun to learn and they're, they're fun to play. They're fun for people to hear. So correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So after you, you started writing or started taking it more seriously mm-hmm. after the, the open mic and getting into the scene, how long did it take, um, before you started putting, putting things, uh, I, I want to say like on on record, like I'm a you know seventy year old. Like <laughs> before you had recorded yes. some, had some recorded music. So out. I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was the very end of 2016 that Honey Slider put out our first album, okay. and then it was 2020 that I put out my solo EP. Okay. So we had recorded that. Dan DeCobb, who plays keys in my band, is also th- my sound engineer good friend and mixer so he does all that for me and um it was i think two days before covid happened we were one day away from finishing like the finishing touches on everything only one song was done and then we couldn't record for about five months so we did release the song spring through that because that was the only one that had been completely finished everything else we waited until the summer when it was a little bit safer to be able to be in an enclosed space with other people finished up the album really quickly and that came out August of 2020. And you know and it's funny because like as devastating as, you know, COVID was on on the music community, especially the local music community, like mm-hmm. people that, you know, relied on that as their secondary income yeah, to like, yep. you know, there was a, it was just completely gone, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say there was really anything good that from it, but like what came from it, mm-hmm. it I've found and I'm just getting into the scene and it's kind of because it's in a rebuilding phase and i think everybody's in a tighter you know where everybody's coming together a little little more maybe than before and supporting each other more so even though it was it was a shit time of you know Mm -hmm. two years or whatever it's still i mean it's still a pretty shitty time right like it's coming back but it's it seems to be coming back stronger Mm -hmm. which i guess is the the point that i'm rambling on to and and eventually getting to and kind of to your point as well i think that There was a time right before COVID that I may have started to get a little bit jaded with playing shows and playing the same shows and the same songs to, it started to feel a little bit monotonous, Um, but then not being able to do it, you take it for granted. And also I had started doing kind of like a weekly live stream on Instagram just to keep performing, keep practicing. And the response I got from that, from like family members who weren't local and friends who had moved across the country who were able to tune in, that was really heartwarming. And it kind of felt like a way to stay connected with people I wasn't able to see in that moment. So that was really special. And it was strange to perform to 
your own face on a screen. So <laughs> luckily, my brother and his girlfriend and I all lived together. And so they would kind of cheer from the other room. And that was really nice. Perfect. Yes. I would, you know, I if I was to do it, I would probably like get some fake applause, key it with my foot or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 2016, now we're leading up. You've got some music down. Mm -hmm. um, I know you uh, were going to play a couple songs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we could take a little pause. Sure. Um, play a song. We could talk about uh, what song you're going to do. So, the first song I want to do for you is called Worth Remembering. And this is one that I wrote probably two years ago at this point. I remember it was right around July 2020. I think I had finally booked a live show at Argyle Brewing out in Cambridge. <laughs> I love Argyle. And I love it out there. I love the people there. Yep. And just the whole environment out there is really sweet. And I remember driving through just like the country roads and I kind of pulled over and typed out some of the words to this song. And that's what sparked this initial song. And I hope that this song also gives that feeling of like you're driving down a country road kind of carefree summer just kind of that general vibe and what uh what album is this on so this is unreleased but it will be coming out in august and i have a full ep coming out in september so this Ooh. is kind of a sneak preview of what the recorded version will be so like. So no one, no one's heard, even though this isn't the recorded version, no mm -hmm. one's heard. If you've been to our live shows, you've heard it. Okay. I, pl I play it at almost every solo show and the band plays it as well. But Perfect. this will be the first kind of recorded version that people will hear. All right. So. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm honored. So uh, <laughs> let's give Katie just a minute to get ready and we'll hear Worth Remembering and we'll be right back. Oh, 
That was worth remembering from Katie Gallagher. And Katie Gallagher is here in the as yet unnamed unsigned 518 studios. I, you know, air quotes. It's my garage. But, uh, you know. It's a nice garage. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to come up with a cool name for it because mm-hmm. I don't like the word man cave. I never have. It insinuates mm. that, that girls are not allowed. Exactly. Which is fucking stupid. So <laughs> um, one of uh, the band Faraday, uh, Chris mm-hmm. from Faraday, just sent me a message and said that I should call it the Spacement. Oh. Oh, that's nice. That's what I said. I was like, that's it's, a contender. That's yeah. like, you know, it's unique and it's definitely very spacey mm-hmm. in here, you know? So, um, so I know we were talking about what you have coming up mm-hmm. and uh, the day of the release of this episode. Mm-hmm. So I guess we could say today uh, you are playing at Argyle. Yes. Which would be um, Wednesday the... The 13th. The 13th. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I pretend it's today, but everybody knows that this is not on Wednesday the 13th. This sure. is not live. But yeah, <laughs> so you are playing there tonight yes. if you were cool enough to listen to the episode the day the it day comes of. out. Mm-hmm. If you wait to listen to the episode, you miss out. So <laughs> um, you're playing there by yourself? Yep. Yeah. So I I think we had started at Argyle honey cider alec and i played as a duo there probably like four or five times when when that band was active and i've probably played there myself five or six times and the full band has been there a few times it's just one of those places you're very eager to go back to so it's david who's the booking manager over there is wonderful everyone that's a regular there is wonderful and you just walk in and instantly feel welcome and listened to which sometimes isn't the case at certain venues and it's a place that I'm very grateful exists. Yeah, there's actually, um, I don't know if you know Tom Powers. Tom was on the episode that it would be yesterday if we were in the now. You know, it gets confusing. See, this is, <laughs> All why, the time I, this is why I stopped numbering my episodes because <laughs> I just like would lose. I'd talk about what number episode then after mm-hmm. I got done recording, be like, shit. That was episode. That I'm come on out episode yet. nine. <laughs> right. Like I was saying, it was episode twelve. Like, uh, but anyway, he um, plays at Argyle a lot. He mm-hmm. has a residency there. And on yesterday's episode, he was talking the same thing: mm-hmm. how you feel listened to. Like you yes. know, he plays a lot of places where, in his words, you know, he's background music. People mm-hmm. aren't necessarily yeah. paying attention. You know, they're having conversations and whatever. And you know, at Argyle, every single time, like. People stop and look and pay attention and, you know, in between songs, it's very quiet. Nobody's talking, super mm-hmm. respectful. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an amazing place. And yeah. like, it's cool how it's evolved. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. and Dave is Dave. I should have Dave on the show. We've, we've yes, talked about should. it. Cause <laughs> I've known Dave for a while, but mm-hmm. he does so much yeah. like, you know, even with the, the private concerts at Hillview farm mm-hmm. and like, yeah. it's cool. It's such a cool scene over there. And it it's, is. it's, in like a corner of the 518. So mm-hmm. I feel like it gets overlooked a little bit. Yeah. So yes. we, need to, we need to bring bring attention 
to Cambridge, New York, Absolutely. and the, the cool music scene that Argyle has. And, yeah. And also, I was saying how the building seems like a music hall. Yes. More than it's... like an old train depot. You know, mm-hmm. it, the acoustics are insane, especially Absolutely. for a place not even designed to have music played in it. Right. <laughs> it's right. insane. So it good. Is. So. It's interesting because there's a song on this new EP that's coming out in September that I was very on the fence about even including. And Argyle is a place that I felt comfortable enough playing the song that I wasn't super confident in and four or five people came up afterward and pinpointed that specific song and told me how much they liked it and that was the tipping point to say all right I like this song enough other people like this song enough it's going on the EP so that song is thanks to the patrons of Argyle now do you have struggles with stuff like that like with your own songs um like do you finish everything that you start or do oh. you have that? Yeah, you have. I've Because that's my worst problem mm-hmm. is that I am so critical of my own shit mm-hmm. that I can't even finish it before I'm like, meh. Oh, absolutely. I would say for every song that I've written and even considered recording, there's 10 to 20 drafts in my notes or right. notepads that have scribbled out lyrics. And what actually helped with that a lot is during quarantine, I'd started to write poetry just for myself. And I didn't judge it because I wasn't going to show anybody else it. I didn't feel like it had to have a rhyme scheme or any sort of format that would fit along to music. And then giving myself that kind of grace in that way helped me be a little bit easier on myself in the songs I was willing to show other people. Now, um, when you say like you have them like in your note, do you ever have times when you go back and like really go through and like then all of a sudden you're like, hey, why didn't I finish that one and then pull mm-hmm. that one out? Yeah, every once in a while I'll go back and just see what I have hidden in there from the past few months because a lot of the times it's when I'm driving. So I'll have to pull over, I'll type a note really quick and then I'll get back on the road and forget about it. Or also when I'm at other people's concerts, I get a lot of inspiration. So that could be, you know, seeing Girl Blue at Savoy Tap Room or Tedeschi Trucks at SPAC. And in those moments, you want to stay in the moment, but you don't want to forget your idea. So I type it down quickly, forget that I wrote it down, and they're little presents for myself right. months later. <laughs> I do that with uh, my phone with the video. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't take the lens cover off my phone. So, like, any videos in my thing that are black yeah. are usually song ideas. And I'll, like, at work or whatever, I just pull it out and hit record. Mm-hmm. And I'll literally just be like, hum a melody or like a yeah, couple words yeah. and then turn it off, put it back in my pocket. And then later on, like, go back because I'm a very, I have to, like, if I write things down, mm-hmm. the next time I look at it, I might not be looking at it with that same cadence or same, so I lose whatever that I had. Right, And right. then it almost feels, like, useless to me. Like, I'm like, well, shit, it only worked with this, like, right. I don't know. Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because I never write a melody first. I usually think of some sort of couplet or a hook. And then it usually takes me sitting down at the piano or the guitar to figure out the melody that I want. Hmm. Maybe that's right. Because, I mean, I do melody first and foremost. Like, I make sure that I usually have it, like, set. And then I start, like, listening to it over and over. Mm -hmm. And then I hum it. And then, like, some lyrics might come. They pop up. I I like that process. That's interesting. Yeah. Again, I'm a weirdo (laughs) that doesn't follow, you know, normal thing. But I did used to write poetry. Um, Wonderful. You know. As an 11-year-old kid, that was 
you know, that was my thing when I was, (laughs) it'd be funny to go and look at like (laughs) old old poetry books. Cause like I do have a box of like old Mm -hmm. shit that like is like elementary school me. That'd be funny. Oh, you should do an album of what you were writing (laughs) as an 11 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so we heard, um, earlier, uh, an unreleased song mm-hmm. and that's coming out we don't have a specific date but the hope is the end of august end of august and that'll yes. be on a whole album yes and so that'll band. be the like, single and then the full ep is going to come out in september cool cool yeah, that's yeah. awesome uh and then we were going to play one more you know since you since you brought the guitar sure so <laughs> you said you were going to do pressed flowers was that yes. the okay yep. cool see i i know and like i said before we got rolling is the only research i ever do is just music on loop mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know i've been listening to your music for the for the past several hours wonderful and so when you were like <laughs> oh press flower i'm like oh yeah, yeah yeah i know that song <laughs> but i'm so i'm so honored to just be able to have this this thing in my garage and just have musicians come and be yeah. like play tunes for me it's amazing yeah. but anyway so <laughs> well uh you'll play one more tune and then we'll be back uh, to kind of wrap things up with uh, Katie Gallier. So this is Pressed Flowers.
That was Pressed Flowers, Katie Gallagher, uh, here in my as-yet-to-be-named studio (laughs) in Schuylerville, New York. And I was saying, too, that I'm going to submit these to Nippertown Radio. Wonderful. uh, I would like to start getting, you know, I I want more musicians to, and everybody who's listening, Mm -hmm. um, I want more musicians to be able to perform in here, like a stripped-down version of something, and then maybe even I could... uh, maybe even release an episode that's just performances or something, you know, do something like that or, you know, do something. I like, you know, I like music. Clearly, (laughs) Surprise. No. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. So, um, before we go, I wanted to give you the opportunity to literally say whatever you want, like thank whoever you want talk about whatever shows you got coming up. Um, the microphone is yours. Thank you. Um, So I guess what's been on the forefront of my mind for the past few months is recording this new EP that we have coming out. And I say we because it'll be under Katie Gallagher, but it's such a collaborative effort with my band, which is Dan DeCobb on keys, Ben Whittle on bass, and Josh Morris on drums. Um, They Every time I write a song, I bring it to them and it feels like a completely new elevated version when they put what they have in mind with it. Um, I don't, I don't play drums. I play piano, but I don't play piano to the extent that Dan does. And I don't really play bass much since jazz band in high school. (laughs) So I really, I trust them to kind of make up their own parts to, to what I have presented to them. And it always blows my mind how well everything comes together and how cohesive it is. So really thank you to those three. And I can't wait for everybody to hear this album. Cool. Well, thank you again. And, uh, that's Katie Gallagher. I am Andy Scullin, this is Unsigned 518, and we'll see you on the road. Unsigned 518 is produced in conjunction with Nippertown. You can find new episodes here every week on nippertown.com. If you are a band or musician in the 518 area code and would like to be on Unsigned 518, shoot me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. I'm your host, Andy Scullin. I'll be back next week with another episode of Unsigned 518. Thanks for listening.